Really quickly, David, again, just as Amy did last week, mentioned the book. David's already done it this morning. Um, but just so you know, this week uh, we're looking at the first three chapters, which is, I was going to say only 30 pages. I'm not like denying that that could maybe be a chunky bit of reading. Um, but it is a really accessible book. It's relatively, even though the content is pretty deep, it is relatively easy to read. And so the three chapters, we're gonna, it's going to be summed up looking at questions around doubt, uh, looking at questions around certainty, what, it, what like the, I suppose the pros and cons of being seeking a certainty, a certainty filled faith in some ways, and so uh, they're the that's the bulk of what the first three chapters are about. And again, just so you know, over the next, we'll be doing this every fortnight. Um, the week after that, we'll be taking on the small, the small topic of the problem of evil. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about. The week after, we're going to talk about God's silence. The week after is the two weeks after. Um, talk about uh, science, contemporary science, the complexity of science, all of that, and uh, and then the fifth one, which could get interesting. We'll talk about hell, and uh, and so we'll see how we'll see how that all goes. And hopefully, by the end of it, we're still family and still speaking to each other and still uh, in harmony and all of that. Um, for those that were aware, uh, Lila was supposed to be um, Lila was supposed to be speaking this morning. Um, we got a call during the week. Well, Friday, Friday, sometime on Friday, that uh, she wasn't well. And um, let me just pray for the Gribbons now, actually, if that's okay. And others maybe who aren't here, not well. Um, yeah, Father, so I pray that um, you would be with uh, Andrew and Lila. Peter and uh, Tamar and Carmel, God, I pray to be incredibly present with them um, in uh, days of challenge and sickness. God, I pray that you would be close. Um, God, for others who aren't with us, even God, those within our families, those within our communities that need a touch from you, I pray that you would be with them. Thank you for the joy of having Lois with us this morning. I pray that you bless Robert. God, I pray you'd be incredibly close to him. You continue to restore and and make well. Um, God, and other things that are going on among us, God, we uh, just for a moment just be conscious of that and uh, bring it before you. Amen. Amen. So last week, I... I uh, I talked about gratitude, um, being thankful, being grateful, however way you prefer it. And so we started off by looking at a quote from N.T. Wright, and this is what he said, when we learn to read the story of Jesus and see it as the story of the love of God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, that is the story, we've been, like, that's the story we tell, that is the story the love of God, doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. He goes on to say that insight produces again and again a sense of astonished gratitude, which is very near the heart of authentic Christian experience. And so I suppose last week as I shared that quote and I'd, and I'd pondered that quote several times over the last number of weeks, I realized that that insight doesn't always produce a sense of astonished gratitude. 
It's coming back to the story and, and, uh, and reminding yourself of the deep love of God, how deep the Father's love for us. And there's something about re-engaging, being captivated by that story once again that, that does, in moments, wish it was more, that leaves you with that astonished sense of gratitude. And so last week we, 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 uh, we went into different places. We started off frustratingly, maybe for some. We started off in the New Testament. We went right back to the, to, uh, to the beginning. We talked about the first sin. Um, we suggested and at least that the first sin was a failure in gratitude. Um, in spite of all that God had given to Adam and Eve, in spite of all that he had invited them to participate in, they still wanted what was not theirs. They still wanted what didn't belong to them. It was a failure in gratitude. And we asked this question, and I, I ask it to you again in light of what we talked about last week. How grateful have you felt this week? Have there been moments where you've been able to in, be intentionally, consciously grateful? How grateful have you felt? Have you noticed? And if you're able to answer that in any way, in the affirmative, how has it made any difference? Has it made any difference? Have you noticed being grateful, having an attitude of gratitude, have you noticed it making any difference to your life? And we also mentioned, and uh, we'll maybe pick this up over the, next, uh, over the next number of weeks, that it's not just a private practice. Some of my frustrations at times with myself and with the church in general is that we've privatized, we've personalized our faith and our relationship with God where the call was always to a people. What, what Jesus was doing, I think, and what Paul was doing was he was, he was speaking to a people, he was calling a people. And so even with regards to gratitude, it's not just a private practice. It is a private practice, but not just. It's supposed to benefit and strengthen the community. Um, not just among us, but even it would impact and benefit and be a strengthening and a blessing to the community outside of us. So to go back again to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, I suppose where we started last week, and, and, uh, and just hold that verse in your mind as we go, as we share a few thoughts again this morning. Give thanks in all circumstances, is how the NIV puts it. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Another thing that's important, and we'll touch on that again in a few minutes, this is God's will for you. It's a big deal, this idea of gratitude. It's God's will for you to give thanks, to be thankful in all circumstances. Again, if I can just point out what we've lived through over the last couple of years, we're not saying give thanks for that. We're not giving thanks for all circumstances, but we're giving thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As over the last couple of days, um, since I, I, was, I was aware that I was going to be speaking, I didn't want to put that on anybody else. But I started, to, I started to be conscious of the things that I take for granted. And I think over the, what the last couple of years for me, one of, the, one of the few things that it has exposed, it has certainly exposed in me, and if, I'm not sure if it's done the same for you, 
but it has certainly shown all the things that I take for granted. All of those things that we've become just so over-familiar with that we fail to properly appreciate them. So things like, and maybe this doesn't apply to everybody, but we've we've five kids at school living in our house, and so whenever whenever school is not there, whenever the school is closed down, you realise how much you took that for granted. How much you took for granted the the, the the ability to send our kids to, to school, how good it is for them to receive education, to be among their peers. We take it for granted. We fail to properly appreciate it because we've become over-familiar with it. The same with travel. We take to travel for granted. We take hospitality for granted. The joy it is to have people in our homes. The joy it is to be able to go out for a meal. The joy is, and I know all of these things are opening up again, but I'm just like reflecting over the last couple of years, all of these things that I recognize that I take for granted, and even church, how we take for granted, like being able to gather together on a Sunday morning. Um, it's really important, and it's important to appreciate it. And we can fail to properly appreciate what we become so familiar with. Take it for granted. Um, there's, a, there's a neuroscientist said that our minds are Velcro for negative information and they're Teflon for positive information. So it's not, the, it's not the point of David, because we all do it. But David's mentioned the weather. And we'd all be annoyed about that. We'll all, like, we'll all be irritated by that, like, because our minds are Velcro for negative. We, we'll hold on. We'll give off. That's what we do about the weather. Our minds are Velcro for the negative. But they're like Teflon. So I had, to, I had an idea what Teflon was, but I Googled it just to be sure. It's just non-stick, just like positive information it just won't stick and we have seen that in our like you know that like we know that we've seen that in our media we've seen that in our world that we are consumed where we are like it feels at times we're addicted to the negative where we are it's just it just sticks we are our minds are velcro for negative information they're teflon for positive information and so our because of this built-in bias like that's just just our just our seems to be our default seems to be the built-in bias it makes being grateful even harder it does make being thankful a harder task because we can ignore or take for granted the blessings that that, that we have take for granted or ignore the good things that we have, the positive things that are around us, and, uh, and somehow have no problem going on and on, whether it's in conversation or it's in our social media feeds, about the things that annoy us, the things that irritate us. And I, I'm not speaking that then. I know nobody does that here. I'm speaking about everybody else out there that does that. Um, but, it, but it is, like, honestly, it is a, it is a thing I've become conscious at times of my conversation, and in mid-conversation, I try really hard, because with even yesterday, I bumped into somebody, and we like, I became conscious after 
30 minutes of how much we were just talking about all the things that annoyed us, all the things that irritated us, all the things that were negative about the last couple of years. And I tried to change the topic and it was brilliant. I was so glad to change the topic because it was a 10 to 5 and I looked at my phone and I said, I'm sorry to take my phone out, but I need to check the lead score. And Leeds won 1-0. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so th- and it was, because I was so conscious of this, it was a turning point. So I don't know if Leeds had got beat, like we would have just been there for another hour talking negative. But there's something about che- the, and I, like consciously being able to change the subject to start talking about sport. And so we started talking about sport, and then we started talking about our kids. We started talking about our incredible wives and all of that. And so it was, it was good, it was, but that very rarely happens. But I honestly, I was just so conscious of how I'm so biased towards negative, so biased towards about going on and on and on about the things that irritate and the things that annoy. I was listening to Craig Boyd recently, and Craig Boyd said, it's the, it's the upside down nature of the kingdom that the thing that is most important to do is the hardest to do. He was speaking in the context of loving your enemies. Probably like one of the ways that we reflect Jesus like most clearly is in how we love our enemies. And often, I think he's right, the most important thing to do is often the, the, the hardest thing to do. And I think when it comes to being positive, and especially over the last couple of years, it comes to being grateful and showing thanks. That is in a, it is the most, one of the most important things, I think, that we can do. It is God's will for us in Christ Jesus that we would be thankful, that we would give thanks in all circumstances. It's the upside-down nature of the kingdom, that the hardest things to do are often the most important things. It is God's will for us to be thankful. And at times it frightens me. At times the thought, uh, the thought took hold of me yesterday morning about how I might like I ended up going down a rabbit hole, and I'll not take you there. But how we can interfere with God's will. We can interfere with God's will because it's to His will that we would give thanks in all circumstances. If we're not doing that, if we're so far removed from that, we are interfering with his will for our lives and for those around us. There are things to be thankful for. And I know that this has impacted us in all a variety of ways. Like, we're not all in the same boat. This has affected others, even in this room, more than maybe the person sitting beside you. And so I don't want to be, I don't want to be dismissive of that but I'm still convinced that there are things to be thankful for regardless of what's going on. And it's his will that we would notice those things. It's his will that we would take notice of, the th- of what there is still to be thankful for regardless of what's going on. And so three really quick points that uh, I want to make as we, as we bring this to a close. Um, I think I just need to familiarize myself again with this verse John in James James chapter 1 verse 17 every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights who does not change and so I suppose as I as I contemplate what it is to give thanks in all circumstances this is this is a good starting place everything that is good everything that is gift is from God. 
He is the Father of lights. And, and we've read about it in other places, that in him there is no darkness at all. There is nothing darkness. There is no evil. He is not the cause of evil. He's not the cause of bad. And so just in case, I hope you haven't, just in case you've heard that God has caused this, that this has anything to do with him, the, the pandemic that we've went through the last couple of years, in case you've heard that it was God caused it, that is nonsense, absolute nonsense. Everything that is good comes from him. There is in him, there is no darkness at all. He is not the cause of evil. He is not the cause of bad. What he is doing, he is working for good. He is working all things out for good to those who love him and are called according to purpose. That is what he's doing. So acknowledging that every gift is from him, and this is maybe a silly example, but last Sunday, last Sunday um, afternoon, evening, the weeds around our like patio area outside and on down at the very back of our garden, like caused me to have the most stinking attitude at times. For some reason, I just like have this, just a rational anger towards the weeds around our house all of a sudden over the last couple of months. And uh, honestly, it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing how cross I get about weeds. But I do nothing about it. I'll go back into the house. But anyway, Sunday afternoon, I, got, I, w- I went out and I was cleaning up the, 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 all the weeds that were in between the stones, paving stones. And, um, and it was windy. And so every time I, I got, I did a wee area, cleaned it all up, it was looking good, brushed it into a wee pile, wind came and blew it all over everywhere. And I was like, I was like getting so cross. And then for him, finally, the moment of, a moment of like catch yourself on, I realized you have been to church this morning. You've worshiped, you have preached about thanksgiving and gratitude. And here you are like, being an absolute moron about a few leaves that have been blown in the wind up and down your path. Catch yourself on. And it was in that moment that I was like, I just became incredibly conscious that I want to give thanks here. Again, where it's silly, it's like so small, but I just began to give thanks for this garden. Began to give thanks for the joy that this space had brought our kids. Moved there seven years ago and our kids have loved it. Been a place for us to put a trampoline. There's been a place for us to put football nets so they can play football. Been a place that Judith has been able to plant and harvest and all of that good stuff. It's like, thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry for like my attitude the last half an hour, but like I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful, and I'm acknowledging that this is a gift from you. This is good. And it is a gift from you. And um, it was helpful. I found it, I found it really helpful. I found it a good learning curve. And the reality is, the second point is that we are at our best. I have no doubt about this. We are at our best when we live lives of gratitude. I'm not going to bore you, but there is so much research done around this um, to prove how much we are at our best when we live lives of gratitude extensive research that shows how much it lowers our blood pressure. 
extensive research to show how much it improves our immune function. Loads of research done to show how it improves our mental health and our satisfaction of life. It's like it's amazing. It's by far and away the most common denominator in happy people. Far and away. The most common denominator in people who were happy was that they were thankful. It used to be called the science of happiness. They wanted to discover more about like around happiness. And because it was so far and away the most common denominator, they now call it the science of gratitude. Because thankfulness, being thankful was the most clear thing that caused people to be happy. They've now changed how they even uh, do the research around it. There's a guy called Robert A. Emmons or Emmons, and um, he talks about a, a study that he did, and he uh, put all these controls in place and got three groups of people, and for 20 days asked these three groups, separated them into three groups, and asked them to journal for the next 20 days. And so there's one group that they were to journal everything negative that happened over the course of those 20 days. The second group there were to journal and just write about, like, just, just generally what happened. Like, just observing what went on and take note of that. And then the final group there were just to journal all the things that they were thankful for. And again, you'll not be surprised to, to know that the results were, that showed how miserable, after 20 days, how miserable, how deeply miserable the people were that journaled all the things that were negative. And how incredibly happy the people who journaled, uh, how thankful that they were. And so I, I know that it, it, it's not always easy, but I am definitely convinced that I'm at my best when I live a life of thankfulness, when I live a life of gratitude. It is, as I've said, it is one of the strongest links to mental health and satisfaction of life more than any other personality trait. More than hope, more than compassion. Research has shown that gratitude is one of the strongest links to mental health and satisfaction of life. And then finally, I suppose this, this is how it begins to work out in community. Asking the question, is it possible to love well without being thankful for and again, it's one of those things, I think, that reveal how much we can take for granted those around us. How easy it is for me to take for granted, Judith, and the kids, and, and you all. Incredibly easy, unfortunately, to take for granted the friendships and the relationships that, that, are, that are a gift to you, that have been formed over maybe just some for months, but others for years. And I'm just wondering, can you love well if you so easily take people for granted. The more grateful I am for Judith and the kids and those around me, you begin to see with fresh eyes. Because when you take for granted, you just like, you almost like don't notice. You almost stop making eye contact and you almost go into autopilot when you're having dinner together, when you're having breakfast together, you can just go into autopilot. But if you were grateful, if you were thankful, you would begin to see, I believe, with fresh eyes.
And as I was, as I was pondering this a wee bit last night, I, th- I began to think about this community. I began to think of Rich Hill. And I, for me, it, it feels like the last couple of years has just been the most natural thing for me, just to have a deep affection for this place. And it's not something I believe that you just like whip up or conjure up. Began, so it's like, wh- like, where does it come from? Is that just like how long you've lived in a place? But I honestly think it's linked to gratitude. And I know you can sort of make it suit, because <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But I'm so thankful to live here. I find myself so thankful for this community. I find myself so thankful for the people that I rub shoulders with, for the people that, that, are, that, that serve us in the, in the, in the shops, in the hairdressers, in the chip shops, and all of that. I feel like I've grown in love for it as I've become more thankful for it. I feel like that's what happens in relationships. I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a sign of how, how much I grow in my love for my family is linked to how thankful I am for them. And of course, our family are not perfect. Rich Hill is definitely not perfect. There are plenty of issues in this place, but I'm grateful for it. And it, the more grateful I am, it changes how I see them. And the truth is, as we've said over and over again, no matter who you run into, no matter who you bump into, there are two things that you know for certain. There are things that go on behind closed doors that you'll never know. There's things that take place, the complexities of life that you don't, it's hard to make a judgment. There are two judgments that you certainly can make. And it's that they're made in the, in the image of God and they were worth Jesus giving his life for. With those two things in mind, it makes it, it makes it easier when you're conscious of that. It makes it easier to be thankful for them. And there's something for me anyway, that the more thankful I am for them, be able to see them with different eyes and be able to love them in a, in a more authentic way, I think, in a, in a deeper way. And I think it happens within family, within church, within community. I suppose those are the, those are the three things that finish, finish with as we continue to, to think about this and talk about this. Um, and so just remember, Paul said to the Thessalonians, and I think as strongly to us today, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, for us in Christ Jesus. So, um, Father, thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for your word. Thank you for these lessons that that um, that gave life centuries ago, and we still find them giving us life today. Um, and God, I just pray that you would that you would teach us, that you would challenge us, God, that you would help us to be thankful, help us to take notice, help us to be intentional around this, um, help us to even. To be able to acknowledge the difference that this would make and could make in our lives, um, God. So thank you for, thank you for each person in this room, maybe those that are watching and listening, um, and uh, for every family, for the kids. Thank you for Amy and Fran and Nicola and Mum who have cared for the kids, who have loved them, who have served them well today. I pray that you would bless them and bless our children. Um, we thank you for them. We're grateful for them. Um, yeah, so bless us today. Thank you for this time we've had together. Please, God, let's not take these things for granted. Let's not take one another for granted. 
um, yeah, teach us. We submit ourselves to you afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Um,